I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. Now, here's John Carter with today's message. Hi, friend. I'm John Carter in Los Angeles. Welcome today to the Carter Report. A special welcome to our friends in the great land of India. Of course, right across this great country of the United States of America, down under into my old homeland of Australia. All of my friends, we salute you today and pray that God is going to bless you over and beyond all you can ask or think during this time of COVID-19. Because right now, here in the United States of America, we are in the midst of a dreadful pandemic with well over 150,000 Americans dead. And uh, apparently there's no end in sight. It's getting worse. Now... We've been locked up here. Beverly and I have been locked up for the best part of five months. And today I want to give you, this is a continuation, this is part two, but I'm going to give you some of my cogitations and meditations while I've been suffering from a special brand of cabin fever. I'm glad that you joined us because this is going to bless you. You know, friend, you just never know what's going to happen next. Life is very, very uncertain. This time last year, who would have expected in his wildest imagination that a virus out of communist China would have devastated the world uh, and almost brought down the world's greatest power, the United States of America? You never know what's going to happen. But for those who've just tuned in, I want you to notice some of these statistics because it gives us the reality of the situation. And today we're not talking about my opinion by the grace of God. We're talking about the facts. So far around the world, uh, more than 16 million people have been infected by the virus from communist China. It's estimated that around 659,000 people have died. In fact, these figures could be multiplied because these are underestimates. Here in the United States of America, as I'm talking, well over 150,000. And then you can work on down the list, uh, Brazil, 87,000, India, where we have our friends who are watching our telecast in the great land of India, uh, 34,000, I believe it's much more than that. The case fatality rate in the United States, 3.4%, but you come down to Mexico, where apparently it is 11.2%, and then you come down to here, down to the UK, I think it is, 15.2%. 
And this is why the great Dr. Fauci has called it uh, his worst nightmare, and it really is. Uh, we have a huge unemployment rate here in the United States of America. The infection rate, this is the daily infection rate. It's gone up to over 70,000. Thank God it has dropped back in the last few days. Uh, but the, this is the infection rate, 60,000 people a day. We've had the closing of schools, the closing of churches, a huge unemployment rate, the closing of gyms, malls and shops, etc., etc. And may I remind you of this. It took our government by surprise. It took our church by surprise. It took the medical profession by surprise. It took the universities by surprise. It took everyone by surprise, but I want you to know this today, it never took God by surprise because God had already provided for it. God is never caught sleeping as we were. I'm going to turn in my Bible because I just love the Bible. It has the power of God in it. And I'm going to turn over here to what could be the greatest book ever written, Romans, the book of Romans. And I'm going to turn to Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And I want you to follow it with me. Romans 8, 28. And we know, it's good to know something. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. The Bible tells me that God has a mighty purpose and God, my friend, knows everything that is going to happen to this world. He's written it down in the prophecies and God knows everything that's going to happen to you. Have you heard about Richard Dawkins? Have you now? Well, he's the famous atheist and evolutionist uh, who wrote the book entitled The Blind Watchmaker. He and his followers believe in blind chance. They believe that life is the result of billions of accidents that we're here today because of a combination of time plus matter plus chance. They ought to call this man, not Dr. Dawkins, but the, the Reverend uh, uh, Richard Dawkins because he's the leader of a great cult of unbelievers. They call themselves unbelievers, but in fact, they are filled with belief. They have got, Richard Dawkins has got more faith than almost any person I know to believe that everything happened by blind chance takes a tremendous amount of faith. I could never be a follower of the atheist because I could never be an atheist because an atheist has got more faith than I could ever have. No, no, no. I believe in the facts. Now, he teaches no purpose, all accidents, no life after death. He says the best, I heard him say this, the best thing you can do when you're dying is to stand on the deck of the ship and salute. So you salute as you're dying. This is the very best thing that Richard Dawkins can do. Stand on the deck of the ship and salute. 
Well, we happen to believe in the gospel, and the gospel is good news. I want to turn a little bit further, read on a little further, Romans 8, 28 to 31. Romans 8, 28 to 31. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God's got a purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? My friend, I believe in the divine purpose of God. As a Christian, I believe that God has a purpose for my life and that we are special. (laughs) I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the Most High. I was created by God for a purpose. I love uh, Mr. Fred Rogers, that great Presbyterian minister. You know, Fred Rogers' neighborhood. He was a great believer in God, and he taught people, you are special to me. Oh, God bless the memory of Fred Rogers. We need more people with the faith of Fred Rogers. You are special to me. If you don't believe in God, how can you believe in anything being special? It was simply just bizarre accidents, cosmic accidents, freaks of nature. No, you're special to me. I want you to know you're special to God. God was not sleeping when COVID-19 turned up. He is still in control. I want you to notice Isaiah chapter 49. Give me a moment. I got to find it here. Isaiah 49 and verse starting at verse 14. And then we're going to read 15 and 16. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My God has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. You are written, my friend, on the hands of Christ. He has nail-pierced hands because of our sins. And every time he looks at his nailed-pierced hands, he thinks of you. And you are special to God. He's got a purpose for you. He wasn't caught napping. God knows all about us. He sees us. He loves us. He's written us on the palms of his hands. Every time he looks at his hands, he thinks of you. You are a part of his plan. God is never, never surprised. Here's the next great truth. This is part two of the series. God alone ultimately has the solution to the ills that afflict the human race. 
This is a great comfort to me. That God alone has the ultimate solution. Are you listening? God alone has the ultimate solution to all the ills that afflict the human race, including COVID-19. Now, there are some good people in positions of authority. I grant that. But our hope is not in, is not in the White House, whoever occupies it. It is not in the Senate. It is not in the Congress. Our salvation is not in the Supreme Court, but in God's court. I wish people would start to believe this and start to act as though they believed in God. Australia at present seems to have a very good prime minister. I admire him. The Honorable Scott Morrison, who is a devout Christian, who prays daily for the nation. He reads his Bible. He goes to church. He leads his congregation in prayer. But the hope of Australia is not in this good man. The hope of Australia is in God. America's hope is in God. Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, 24, 25, 26. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. How does that make you feel? Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes judges, the judges of the earth, useless. Scarcely shall they be planted. Scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth. When he also blows on them and they wither and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. My friend, the Bible says, don't trust in people. Don't trust in people. Trust in God. To whom then will you liken me? Whom shall be my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. The Bible says, don't put your trust in princes. Don't put your trust in presidents. Don't put your trust in prime ministers. The Bible says, put your trust in God because God is the one great certainty. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of one of my cogitations and my meditations while I've been locked up (laughs) because of the pandemic. I think that Christians are too involved in politics and political parties, especially in the United States where I live. Jesus never belonged to a political party. He knew that Caesar could not save. Only the Lord our God saves. Will you believe that, my fellow Americans? I wish preachers would do what they're called to do, preach the gospel and get out of politics. Look at Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to politic, no, to preach. A minister of the gospel is not called to get mixed up in politics. He is called to preach the gospel of Christ, like Billy Graham did. Think of the great influence of Billy Graham. I ask you the question, is America better today without Billy Graham or was it better when Billy Graham was running these great campaigns? You know, 
you know, America was better. Because he was preaching the word, that's what ministers are supposed to do. But because they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, they get involved in politics. I think of the great HMS Richards, raised up the voice of prophecy. I heard him preach when I was a boy at Avenel College. I still remember the sermon. Listen, my fellow preachers. But our salvation is not in preachers or politicians or presidents, but in God. Isaiah 46, 146, 3 to 5. Isaiah. No, I'm sorry. Psalm 146. Psalm 146, 3 to 5. Notice it. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Oh, my friend, don't put your trust in princes or politicians or presidents or prime ministers. The Bible says, put your trust in God. This is the word of God. So in my quarantine, I think of what is important, or more importantly, the one who is important, God and God alone. I've had a lot of time to think. I've got an empty studio here today. David is upstairs in isolation. He's got a a tiny, tiny little television crew. Just hardly a handful. They're the salt of the earth. And we are continuing on because we believe we are called to preach the word of God. Now the studio is empty, but you're watching. During my COVID meditations, I've had the chance to rethink what is truly important, how I've spent my life. And I've thought once again that the most important thing that we can do is to win souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 Verses 12 and 13 says this, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You get this. Without Christ, no hope. Without God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ Without Christ, we are without hope. We are without God. People say, I can't believe this. Well, this is what the Bible teaches. Romans 10, 13 to 15. This is why I believe in the preaching of the gospel. That is why I believe in evangelism. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him? of whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings, glad tidings of good things. What's important? I've been asking myself this question. What is important? What is important? The most important thing, my friend, uh, is the preaching of the gospel of Christ. I'm going to give you some of my cogitations, 
Some of you may not like it, but here it comes. I think that too often the church gets sidetracked and gets into all sorts of worldly enterprises. You know it's true. Where I live, one particular church that shall remain anonymous has been involved doing real estate deals, getting involved in big business developments like Home Depot and losing between 42 and $44 million of God's money. And why did they lose that money? Because they didn't have the blessing of God upon them. When you do things like this, you remove yourself from the blessing of God. God could not bless them. God did not bless them. The church is one business, winning the lost to Christ. The Bible calls it evangelism. The church is one business, evangelism. The church is not called to do real estate deals and try to make money. We are called to win the lost to Christ. Who believes me? So I've got no regrets about my calling to the ministry. Our lives have been spent preaching and winning souls. That's why we hired, uh, by the grace of God, uh, the great Sydney Opera House. We hired it for five months, glory. That's why we hired in Los Angeles the great Shrine Auditorium downtown Los Angeles. That's why we answered the call and went to Russia. In 1991, Bob Spangler called me and said, we want you to go and try at Moscow. We went and we saw his glory. Then we went to Nizhny Novgorod, then to Kiev, then to St. Petersburg, then to Siberia and Irkutsk, then to all the great cities of Russia and Ukraine. People say, have you got some regrets? Are you sorry that you didn't end up in, in some office shuffling papers? Are you kidding me? This is the most important work because it is dealing with people. It is winning souls to Christ. Then we went to Africa. Wow. Then we went to India, Central America, the Solomon Islands, PNG. There we saw his glory. And I say to you, no reserves, no retreats, no regrets. I have an immense satisfaction because I have felt God's blessing. I'm immensely satisfied. Beverly and I are united in the call to preach the gospel of Christ. That's what a minister is ordained to do, not to sit in an office and shuffle papers. Sorry to tell you that. But these are my cogitations and meditations. Here's one other point. Seems to this old pilgrim that the end time prophecies are being fulfilled and that we are nearing home. The news from Washington, Moscow, Beijing, London, it all seems right out of the Bible. Look at Luke 21, verse 11 onward. There'll be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence and there'll be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, 
and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, from the ex- and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Goodness. It's like what we're seeing today. Great earthquakes. Famines. Pestilences. Fearful sights. Great signs from heaven. Distress of nations. Perplexity and fear. The powers of the heaven shaken. I don't have time to talk about Revelation 13. I was going to talk about Revelation 13 about the lamb-like beast that speaks as a dragon. I don't have time to talk about that today because I'm, I'm running out of time. Isn't the world. The world is running out of time. But the Bible talks about a great coalition of church and state. It's being set up today. People say, oh, well, but this is what we taught, but we, can't, we find it hard to believe it now. My friend, it is coming to pass. What have I thought about? I've thought, my friend, during the pandemic, that the word is true. (laughs) And you and I are going home. That's really good news, isn't it? At the end of this rough road, There's a bright, shining light. It comes from the throne of God. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. I want you to have faith in Jesus today, my friend. I want you to trust in the hand that was nailed to the cross for you and realize Through Christ, by God's grace, we are going home. Home at last. Amen. To our police, to those who serve and protect us with mercy, love, dignity, compassion, and honor. May God bless you each day. There is no task that is too large, no task too small. You take the slings and arrows that come your way with courage. The badge you wear makes you part of a bigger team, but we know you are each unique in God's eyes. You are individual human beings of a police force. The greatest force is God's love. There is no one who has not experienced that love when you come to their aid. We are grateful. We know you need our help. Working together, we can live in harmony. We pray for the safety of our homes, for our neighbors, and for the police that protect and serve our community. In this series, John Carter will provide the answers to life's most interesting questions. Seven Great Signs of the Apocalypse. If the dead are unconscious, who are the beings that pretend to be the dead? Is there such a person as the devil? 
What is the essence of Antichrist? What is the root cause of this deadly malaise? America was founded by people who were opposed to the union of church and state. But if there's a God who loves us, then the future is bright with promise. For a gift of $100 US or 140 Australian, this 13 DVD series, Prophecy Speaks, will be yours. Call the number or visit our website. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.